will you go now? Do some exploring. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And make a part in about time too about not playing the ND. It was free for all and I heard him say he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick cause you're incapable A-A-M's. Hello and welcome to Keep Off The Borderlands. My name's Spencer, a.k.a. Free Thrall, and you're listening... I've done that bit, haven't I? Um, well, you're listening. That's a start, isn't it? This episode, I wanted to reflect on the fact that I've been ticking a fair few things off the bucket list recently. And uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about those experiences But before that, I'm going to kick off with a series of messages I got from John Allen Large of Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. So take it away, John. Hey there, Spencer. It's John here from the Red Dice Diaries. I'm just listening to your Lancashire hodgepodge episode. And I don't know about uh, inputting all your uh, voicemails into a locked box. I reckon they're probably on a mixtape, mate. I wouldn't be surprised if one night you're sort of feverishly working away on a podcast and you'll hear the sound of your own voice coming from outside the window. And when you look out, there'll be a cheeky chappy stood there holding his boombox over his head in the best 80s style. Anyway, I'm enjoying the episode, dude. I'm going to get back to it and I'll catch you soon. Hey, John. Uh, just want to say I really enjoyed that message and I think I'm going to be haunted by that image from here on out. So thanks very much for planting that seed. Hey there, Spencer. It's John here from the Red Dice Stories. Just listening to your Rules of Emergement episode. Very much enjoyed that. So thank you very much. And yeah, I've got to say, I pretty much agree when you're saying, um, you know, when you were saying you might be getting a bit out of your depth with all this rules theory and stuff like that. Now, I don't want to quash discussion on it because obviously people discuss what you like, crack on, that's grand. But I've got to admit myself, when it starts getting into the the depths of all this rules theory and GNS theory and all stuff like that, it almost feels like you're getting to the level of sort of academical text, you know, where you need to sit there with a big pile of reference books next to you just to understand like what people are trying to say before you can even consider like whether you agree with that or not. I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying I think it could be quite intimidating to a lot of people. But I enjoyed the episode, dude. Take care. I'll catch you soon. Uh, Thanks, John. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Um, I guess episodes like that are very much me trying to kind of figure these things out in my own head. And it just helps me to talk through them in order to get my head around them. Hopefully using simple language. Obviously, when you do have these rather sort of catchy terms that encapsulate complex ideas, it's uh, very easy to fall into using these terms, potentially excluding anyone 
who hasn't, you know, looked into that stuff or doesn't wish to. So, you know, I try not to alienate anybody, but then there's no need for people to listen to every word I say. So, uh, yeah, just (laughs) if I'm talking about something which is boring the pants off you, uh, skip to the end. That's aimed at people in general, not at you, John. (laughs) Okay. But thanks for your message. And uh, I believe there's a little bit more. Hey there, Spencer. It's John again. I also love the bit where you were talking about how sort of like reading the ICRPG stuff and the quick starter was like sort of peeking behind the curtain at the magic tricks sort of seeing how it's actually done. And let's face it, magic tricks are never as impressive once it's been explained to you. So I thought that was a, a pretty good analogy. And who knows, maybe it won't be long before we see a masked GM appearing on the scene. Extra points to anyone who remembers the Master Magician series. But just wanted to say again, I'm enjoying the episode, dude. I'm going to go back to listening to it. Take care. Hey there, Spencer. John again. I think you make a very interesting point about the the sort of like the front-facing stuff from OCLPG, the counters, etc. And yet, I do admit that sort of like having the players be able to see it sort of like it's an obvious game element it's like a rules thing that's front and center rather like the sort of the difficulty ratings i think the trade-off for that is yeah okay it reminds people they're playing in a game but also it can create tension in a game because you can see it counting down and as you rightly say in your episode i think it's down to how people's imagination works so with myself certainly no matter how invested i am in a game I never really forget in the back of my mind that I'm playing a game because obviously we're rolling dice, we're moving miniatures, tokens, etc. I'm tracking stuff on character sheets. So there's no real point in time when I entirely forget that I'm playing a game. Now, I can see what you mean if stuff's like ultra intrusive. And I mean, there are some things where like, yeah, it really sort of pushes the game stuff in your face. But with a few little things like counters and that, I think the trade-off for getting the extra attention and stuff like that is worth the sort of tiny reminder that, yeah, you're playing in a game. Because to be honest, for me, I've never played a game where I've entirely forgot that I'm playing a game because I'm sat in a room, I'm looking at a computer, I'm rolling dice, etc. But as you say... It's just down to how people's imaginations work, what you like and what you don't. So I thought that was really cool, dude. Very interesting fodder for discussion. Take care and I'll catch you soon. Thank you very much, John. I really appreciate those messages. And yes, I've got to say, maybe I kind of over-egged the pudding a bit there. I wouldn't say that the ICRPG timers, for example, are particularly intrusive. And um, also, I agree with you that when I'm playing a game, I'm fully aware that I'm playing a game. And yeah, when I'm playing, I'm going in and out of immersion while remaining engaged with different elements of the game. I guess, um, yeah, I wouldn't say those things about ICRPG ruin it for me, not in the slightest. In fact, Thinking about the first time I played ICRPG, it was Pete Jones of Dragons Are Real running the Xeno Dead Zone version. And the use of the timer there was very much 
linked to the fiction, a self-destruction countdown. And because of that attachment, I, I thought that was brilliant, the way that came across as we were playing. I guess maybe my previous episode was lacking something of a conclusion because this all kind of ties in with an episode of Roleplay Rescue, which I failed to mention. Right back to the beginning of Season 7, the Purpose and Engagement episode, I believe it was. Actually, I'll double-check that. I may be getting confused with Why Do I Play How I Play episode from later on in that season. Uh, But both of those episodes were significant, I think. Certainly significant in this thinking about what kind of player I am. How I do like simulationist exploration games. But as a player, I'm bringing my own sort of narrativist sensibilities to the game in how my character is engaging with that world. And while all the gamist stuff is important to facilitate that, I guess I like that to almost be hidden going on behind the scenes, as it were. And I think if I were running ICRPG, I might keep those timers to myself and just try and convey the urgency through more narrative means, I guess. But as I say, that's simply a personal preference. Those things in ICRPG certainly don't break the game for me. And I've had great fun playing in both Pete Jones's games and Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'd certainly be up for playing more of it because, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So thanks for those messages, John. I really appreciate you listening and giving me that feedback. Fantastic. Cheers. And uh, speak of the devil... Hey, Spencer, Jason here. Good episode on immersion versus engagement. I'm definitely an engagement kind of player. Um, and I'm glad Che caught into you because that clarifies what he was saying better for me. I, um, I'm a little bit thick sometimes. But I think what Che is saying makes total sense. I just, as a, as a person, I don't engage particularly that way, at least not consciously or actively. But the engagement and getting just engrossed in the game overall is more my thing and I'm sure I am engaging at different points in the different immersions you know getting in those different immersions falling in and out whether it's the world or you know this or that but yeah I think more in terms of engagement and just being engrossed in the game but I also think your points on ICRPG are probably spot on Um, I got a little disillusioned with it due to some other things but I do think it's a great system and I'm interested to play the with the revised rules to see how they work that said, even with the revised rules, you have all everything's player-facing, right? So the players know what's happening. Now, it's easy enough. Well, actually, that's not true. I was going to say, it's easy enough to roll the timer die and not tell the, character, not tell the players what it is. But with the new rules, well, you can still do that. But with the new rules in the quick start, there are options for things like the players, you know, attacking the timer die where they extend the length of the time which I think is an interesting mechanic, but again, it turns it more into a board game, right? And and when you look at Hankerin's background of video game design, you know, and, and working in video games, it makes sense because ICRPG has lots of video game qualities in there. 
especially like side-scrolling video game qualities in there, right? Which I think is endearing to a lot of us. So I do like ICRPG. I think it's great in there for a beer and pretzels kind of thing, but it's it's a different experience, and I would go for it looking for something different than another game. Hey, Jason, I'm pretty much with you there, I've got to say. Um, although it did get me thinking about the episode that Andy Goodman put out of uh, Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. He played an excerpt from his actual play where one of his characters died and it was a really emotional experience. And pretty immersive, I think you could argue. And though those players, what was going on for those players there, a real emotional engagement, a genuine sense of loss. But I don't think that suggests that anyone forgot they were playing a game at any point. You know, these people, they were upset, they were emotional, they were moved. Were they stricken by grief? I'm not sure I'd go that far. But I really thank Andy for sharing that with us. And um, thanks very much for your call, Jason. And there is another. Lastly, I wanted to mention that don't worry about getting in over your head with some of these topics, you you know, being out of your depth. I'm out of my depth in everything I talk about, but it doesn't stop me. So, and and, and you're far more articulate than than I am. So please don't feel bad about bringing these things up and discussing them because... Hey, that, that's what this is for, to discuss things. We, we don't need to just cheer each other on. We need to go back and forth and, and work out these ideas, right? Further understanding. So I appreciate what you're doing. Appreciate you. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Take care. Thanks, Jason. That's a really nice message. And that means a lot. I guess, I don't know, sometimes I hear myself talking away. And I think, you know, enough's been said about this. Perhaps, as I say, there's never anything off the table as far as discussion goes. I just speak about what interests me and, uh, you know, and I think that's what makes podcasts interesting, right? That's certainly what makes what you do interesting. And I really appreciate your show too. Thanks very much, Jason. Hey, Spencer, Jason here. Just want to say... If you ever want to do a dual movie review, talking about movies, yeah, not so much a review, but a talking about movies thing, I'd love to do that. You know, we could kick off with some interesting Michael Mann movies, or heck, we, we could do um, What's-His-Face, David Fincher, or I don't know, delve into weirder stuff if you want. There, there's plenty of mind-screw movies out there that would be interesting to talk about. So, if, if you're interested in doing a a back-and-forth discussion on some interesting movies, you know, every now and then. Maybe that's something we could talk about. So let me know. I would love to talk movies with you. We may not have uh, exactly the same tastes, but I know there's a big overlap in the stuff that we enjoy. I, I certainly like movies that screw with my head, and I would really enjoy chatting to you about them. Also, I managed to track down a rather obscure Michael Mann movie that you mentioned just last night. The internet moves in mysterious ways. And I very much look forward to checking that out and hopefully being able to discuss it with you. So, yeah, thanks, Jason.
That would be great. So, I just wanted to talk a bit about my bucket list and uh, a handful of things that I've been able to tick off over the last few months. Firstly, playing in one of Arlen Walker's games. Um, I do enjoy listening to uh, Live from Pelham's Wasteland and I really like what Arlen does, um, just wanting to test out new systems all the time. He's constantly trying out new stuff and giving great overviews of um, material that's coming out. Well, new and old, I guess. And, um, yeah, being able to play in one of his games has been great, um, particularly in that it's quite a narrativist game. Ireland may have <laughs> different ideas, but I feel that Ireland has quite narrativist sensibilities and... Um, and it's been very interesting getting involved in a game like Sword and Scoundrel, which does have that narrative focus. Also, in getting involved in that game, it's kind of uh, got me looking at larger rule books in a different light. I was always quite intimidated by larger rule books. But when you look into them, I mean, a lot of the stuff in there is flavour. If the core mechanic is pretty straightforward, that's what interests me. Um, I've also found that something that I know Colin Spikebit Green has spoken about, learning through play. For me, that is kind of the only way stuff really sticks in my head, which is another reason why I think I struggle a bit with rule books, I don't think rules really sink in until I actually start playing the game. And it's reassuring to know that there are other people out there who have that experience. Um, also, the release of Electric Bastion Land, being able to play in Electric Bastion Land, I've really, really enjoyed that. That's also helped me to get my head around the rules, which has got me a step closer to getting in that GM chair. And obviously, Colin, again, is very instrumental in that by uh, allowing me, encouraging me to kind of dip my toe in the water there when he got me to run Osseus on the fly, playtesting my own <laughs> my own rules for the first time as well, which is, uh, yeah, I guess that's something. Then there's working on the setting for Barney Dicker of Loco Ludus, his system that he's putting together, Vantage, being able to play test that and Barney using a setting that I've been playing around with for a while. That's been very rewarding and I'm really I'm really enjoying the process of working through that and yeah, that's all very exciting. Then there's getting the authentic old school experience. Playing in an OD&D game run by Griff Morgan, the guy responsible for the secrets of Blackmore. 
and being able to play in his game, embracing that Dave Arneson ethos, that was wonderful. And also getting my BX on with uh, OSE, with Dave Aldridge and playing in Blackmore. That's been a really good experience. And most recently, getting to play in a Call of Cthulhu game run by the legendary Andy Goodman, playing with Barney, Colin there, and, uh, oh, creme brulee for the ears, Mr. Scott Dorwood from the Good Friends of Jackson Elias podcast. That was a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to uh, where things go in the next instalment of that. So, yeah, it's enough to be getting on with, isn't it? Well, that's about enough from me, I think. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for your calls. If you want to leave me a message, please contact me via the anchor link in the description. You can always email me or leave me an audio message at spencer.freeforall at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page for Keep Off The Borderlands. You can find me on Twitter and MeWe on the Audio Dungeon Discord and various other places on Discord as Free Thrall. I'd also like to thank TJ Drennan for the wonderful music he provides. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.